Meanwhile, at the temporary What's On Joe Mind facility on the campus of Wright State University. All right, everybody got quiet for a second. I was concerned. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, did, did we drop out? What? Anyways. I went on mute because I didn't tell my mom that I have to go into another room because she's starting to giggle while I'm talking. And so <laughs> oh. I was like, no, you cannot, <laughs> oh, no. you cannot do that, Mom. <laughs> we should get her on here and let her giggle. That would be <sighs> a nice. Joe's mom would be an event, but... You know, it's the first time you've been on the show, so we'll keep the premieres limited to one. We don't want you to share the spotlight too much. <laughs> She'll steal the whole thing out from under us. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of Ladies Night for What's on Joe Mind. You may know her as the voice of the Baroness in the animated G.I. Joe cartoon and movie, Black Cat in the 1981 animated series of Spider-Man, Moonstar and Firestar in 1984's Transformers animated series. We are honored to have Morgan Lofting joining us this evening. Welcome to the show. That is such a cool introduction. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. And joining me this evening, I also have Mary Mercenary, or Sarah. Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> so okay. Morgan, we do these every so often. Sarah and I, and we have usually a a third lady joining us. Today, we are honored to have you joining us. So, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, this is your first time on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's my first time with you guys. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and I'm going to see you all in Dayton, right? Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Good. Yes, very, very excited. Um, I'll remember to put on my eyebrows, and we can do something <laughs> on camera. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, so did you like tell her what we're doing? What? Yeah, ask me something. Sarah, if, yeah. She, if she had told you what we're doing. Oh, I, I, we're going to talk to one another. We're going to <laughs> tell one another Joe stories. Okay. <laughs> do you guys have Joe stories? No, we're what? more interested in hearing yours. Oh, but, uh, how did yeah, you get into my stories? <laughs> you guys got to have things that. Oh, and guess what happened? There was Greg Berger, or there was Neil Ross, or you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No one wants to hear us talk. <laughs> we want to hear you talk. All right, but we need to interact here. So, what can I? What can I tell you? Do the industry oh god okay a thousand years ago i went to the american academy in new york and then i got married and then i had a baby and then i started doing temp work for a guy and he was doing some radio spots and i think i joined after because after and the screen actors go were two different unions at that point and I did the radio spot, and then I got an agent, if you can believe, after one radio spot. It was a different lifetime. Okay. Plus, it was New York. And, and New York was a was just kind of a different kind of town because it's more of a theater town, or was at that time. And a lot of films were out here in Los Angeles. But I got an on-camera commercial, and then I joined Screen Actors Guild, which I think at the time cost me $500. Wow. Now, I think it's like two or three grand. Wow. Wow! Yes, yes, indeed. And I did some stuff in New York, and then I got married again, sort of working in Seattle, and we came to Palo Alto, and I started working out in Northern California. And then I came down to L.A. because I just wanted to do more stuff. And from 1979 until about 93, I did, oh, co-star stuff on television. And that's when I did the cartoons. You know, I, I mean, you can't. That's what's so crazy about this business. Who do you know? 
On the one hand, you have to you have to be able to step up to the mic and produce if you get the gig. But on the other hand, you sort of have to know people. I mean, I got the uh, I got the audition for Joe because I had been doing uh, Aunt May and the Black Cat, and Don Jerwich called me in to read, and. There's a couple of guys, Jim Sorensen and Bill Forrester, who have compiled pictures of both Transformers and the older show, which is the G.I. Joe, the old black and white drawings. And they asked me to do uh, the afterword in volume two of G.I. Joe, where I talk about the audition. And I can talk about that if you want me to, although I've talked about that lots. And yes, no. Maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You I haven't heard talk. any of this, so it's all yeah. new to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you walk into an audition and get the script, which is like one page, generally, max, one page of what the character is saying. And then you get a generally a black and white drawing of what the character looks like. And that helps you adjust to where you want to go with the voice. Mm -hmm. And I think there was also a little bit of bio material about, I think it said she was from Middle Europe, which to me is like Czechoslovakia, uh, Slovenia, Bulgaria, that whole kind of thing in there, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, not Russia. No, that's farther east. Anyway. And that reason I say that is because when it was recast a couple of years ago, the director insisted she was Russian. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not because she is not the Russian. No. Okay. Anyhow, so I pulled this accent from somewhere out of a hat, went outside to do the lines out loud. You not only want to be able to talk out loud, but you want to get away from the other people that are auditioning. Because we steal from one another. That's the name mm. of the game. You steal all the time. Oh, I like that idea. Mm. Yeah. And then I went in and I did the reading. And there was a point in there where you were supposed to scream Cobra. <laughs> and I think that's what cemented it. Because I've got a hell of a noise I can make. Mike Bell used to say I got blood all over the control room window. I- <laughs> love to do Cobra at the conventions. I'll do it, and then I'll say, okay, come on, everybody. One, two, three, rum. And it pissed me off because I wanted to do it in the movie. When, not when it, not in the recording, but when it's shown on television, you, you heard this happen. All of a sudden, you got, <laughs> the sound is getting too loud and the TV is starting to screech. Mm-hmm. Probably not so much anymore, but back in the 80s, yes. So I had never really heard my Cobra. Nobody had ever heard my Cobra because they had to have the resistors on the voice. And I thought, wouldn't it be really cool to do this in the movie? But it was the 80s and they really didn't know what to do with the women on the show. I mean, thank God for the people that wrote my character and, and Mary Mac's character and DJ's. But they were totally confused what to do with women unless they had a, a guy. Oh, good. Here's a guy. We yeah. can work the Baroness up with large person with a big voice. Yeah, they were totally confused. So anyway, they didn't do it. So I, I make a point if I'm doing a panel of always doing Cobra. Die screaming cobra, you know, it just it really it makes me it makes me angry. But anyway, so that was my adventures into G.I. Joe land, and then I knew the Sunbow Marvel folks and was so disappointed. Since this is the woman's show, so disappointed when I heard that the auditions were out for Transformers, but I wasn't called. Which was very strange because they were going to use androgynous voices. Well, androgynous means to me male, female, female, male. So I have coined a new word. 
gynandrous. When you say gynandrous, <laughs> you mean all deep-voiced women step forward. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's just two Greek words. I just decided to put the feminine in front of the masculine. That's all. So anyhow, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I know that I did a couple of of the robots in Transformers, but that was not what I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but I was at another one of those great fun public shows because I I love. I loved Pete. I love Pete Sinclair. And I was at this Transformer show, I don't know, maybe six, seven years ago, something like that. It was the last of the fun public shows. And they had a, a reading up on the dais, up on the raised stage. And I was up there with six other people. Oh, and the Ingenue was read by Chris Latta's daughter. Oh, wow. I know, Abby, I think her name is Abby. She was fabulous. She was the surprise, because I said, well, there's another woman character in here. And they said, no, 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 that's a surprise. Oh my God, oh my, it was so fun to meet her because the last time I'd seen her, she was like three years old. At oh Walt wow. Studio. I know, yeah, wow. Um, okay, so I'm I'm up on the dais and, and I've got this great character called Dragstrip. Now, Dragstrip in the shows had been a a, a guy. Mm-hmm. This was back a while ago, and they were starting to realize 2010s that gee, there are a bunch of women in the audience, and they don't want to be relegated to just doing the laundry back at home. So they uh, changed the character of Dragstrip. And what was really cool about it is the Pete Sinclair said to me, we want her to sound like the guy from Young Ones, which is a British show. And he was just a slacker. He was just a cockney slacker who had nothing go, oh God, he hated being alive, you know. But the really cool thing about the script was, because it was written for a guy, I didn't have to deal with all that horseshit about, oh, who's going to be her boyfriend? No, there was none of that crap. And I just did drag strip and I had such a ball. Oh my God, I had so much fun. And then afterwards, we're all, you know, I can't remember who was there. Oh, Mike Bell was there, of course, and Abby and... Oh, my God, who else was there? Arthur might have been there. No, no, Arthur wasn't there. Um, Neil was there. Greg was there. And afterwards, this little man with a hat comes to me and says, I would like to use you. Like, who, who are you? <laughs> but not one food. I said, well, if you'll give me your phone number, I'll give you a call. Turns out he wrote the script originally. You know, it's like, geez, okay. And I didn't know because I'd been out of the game for so long. I'd been off at school and whatnot. Okay. So I ended up, he actually drew a character for me, which I think is pretty heady stuff. He drew a character called Tistina, who was in Van 10. He was the art director in Van 10. And I did like four or five shows as Christina. And when I got to the first recording, I said, Derek, Derek Wyatt is his name. He's a wonderful artist. He's now at Warner Brothers. And I said, Derek, what do you want her to sound like? He said, I want her to sound like the Baroness, but deeper. (laughs) So he doesn't talk this. I'm going to do Arnie who was then the governor of California. <laughs> and she's only a little pipsqueak of a thing, but she's got these big forearms, hence Christina. She doesn't know she's little. What do you mean, petite? You know, I mean, oh my God. Anyway, I had fun. And that was sort of my intro back into everything. And Then I started doing more shows, and I have some agents who just send me out to shows. That's how I'm going to Dayton, Neri and Chris. And 
oh, and now I have an on-camera commercial agent again. And now I have a voiceover agent again. It's like everybody, of course, is in the business, you know, assumes that I died. And, and it's very hard coming back. It's like being a new person, unless they happen has, to be G.I. Joe fans. Yes. Has the industry changed at all from when you first got into it? Oh, and now? Well, from what I can tell, and I'm not, I'm not doing television and film. I have that kind of an agent at the moment. It seems to me that everybody and their grandmother is in voiceover. And there's a lot of online stuff. You can put your voice tape online and you can audition online. And, of course, it's pretty much all non-union stuff. Which means they can say, oh, we really like you, but somebody else wants to do it for $50. So can we pay you $40? Oh, wow. Yes, exactly. Oh, wow. Now, the good part of that is that you get a chance to flex your vocal muscles. That's the good part. The bad part is that it's just, you know, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of producers and directors who wouldn't know good if they tripped over it, they know it's good because somebody else hired somebody. Which sometimes can be very true. I mean, that's where you want to get to so that people know you're not only talented, but you're easy to work with. You're not going to give them a lot of feedback. I mean, I, I know an actor who can't work in voiceover anymore because he started to declaim at some session for voiceover, uh, not cartoons, I don't know, it was radio spots or something, and tell the producer how they should be thinking about, no, you know, you don't do that. So nobody wants to hire him anymore. Wow. Anyway, anyway, so I like what I'm doing, and I read, and I read, and I read, and I read, and I read. And once in a while, I go out to... uh, Oh, they have history stuff out at UCLA, and they have a whole week of history of the book, early science books, a whole week's worth of classes that I'm trying to get in on. And I like to do a lot of yoga. Oh, and, good. Oh. Yeah, so all, all good, all fine. Sarah and does I, yoga. And I have, you know, a son and a daughter-in-law. And yeah, so cool. And I get to fly to exciting places like Dayton. Dayton is not exciting. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> I think it's exciting. To your, to your, hey, I've never been to Dayton, but dum, 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 I have been to Springfield because my grandmother used to live in a town that was 10 miles east of Springfield, a little town that had about 750 people in it. That was called South Vienna. Now, in the local parlance, it's called South Vienna. And that's where my mother grew up, in South Vienna. That's crazy. I'll have to ask. I'm not from here, but I'll ask Aaron about it because he was born and raised here. So he'll probably... Oh, South Vienna? Okay. Yeah, he'll probably know what that is. So, yeah. South Vienna. It's V-I-E-N-N-A, but it's South Vienna. Just like Bellefontaine is Bellefountain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything is that wonderful, truncated Midwest accent. You're not going to waste your breath on anything. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So I used to go down there all the time, and my brother found it online. The house has been completely redone. It was about three miles, three, sorry, three houses away from where fields start. And then they put the big Route 40 out there, the new Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the we, new we one. live on 40. Okay. And the yeah. old one was just slightly west of my grandma's house. And across the street now is huge, I don't know, like 24-pump Hess station. Hess, right? Tim, my brother, sent me the Google pictures. I went, wow, I have no desire to go. I like I like what's in my memory. It's a memory from when I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, but never been to Dayton. So, here we go. Here we go. Here we <laughs> go, Dayton. All right. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so, where are you from? 
I was born and raised in in Jacksonville, Florida. So uh, okay, okay, yeah. So it's a but only for shows. So up in the handle, right? It's about an hour away from the Georgia border. On the okay, uh, it's on the ocean. Yeah. Ooh, you got by the waves and the hurricane and everything. We we never really did. Okay. I miss it. And then the. You miss the weather. I miss the weather. Oh no, I miss Florida. I'm not gonna die in Ohio. <laughs> Everybody's from Ohio. What the hell are you? So morbid. <laughs> I'm not dying in Ohio. I'm not dying here. It's a daddy. My parents were at the Cleveland Playhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from Ohio. <laughs> no are appreciate you? hearing that. No, some people I'm sure love Ohio. I mean, it's fine. I, I just visit it. Yes. From where? So now I live in the D.C. area, but I'm originally from Canada. Oh, okay. 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 I like moving around. I like traveling, but I always, mm-hmm. I always end up traveling to Europe. See, medieval history person, you got to go to Florence. Ooh. And you so many go- churches in Florence. There's like 1,500 churches in that city. Oh, well, yeah, and there's the Uffizi Gallery, and, oh, yes, there there are tons of churches. I mean, you can see the painting transition from medieval to Renaissance, from that sort of static two-dimension into the three-dimensions. You go to the Brancacci Chapel, Mm -hmm. you know, just lost listeners, I realize. Sorry, listeners. No, it's fine. Sarah yes. and I like this. It's all about it's all about the three of us. It's it's fine. Don't worry yeah. about them. <laughs> this is our um, show. I'm not this really, is our show. Um, I'm not really worried. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The class at UCLA, you were talking about 16th century science. Is that that's see well, that's yes, the, the beginning of yeah, the beginning of the transition. From the Earth is at the center of the universe, and um, this is this is old. This is two thousand years old. If you aren't aware of it, it's kind of fascinating. To the idea that the sun is at the center, the idea that the human mind can learn things and how things work on its own. Every everything doesn't have to be either from the church or from the mm-hmm. ancient Roman and Greek writers. Mm-hmm. It's hell the transition. It's huge, and I just find it fascinating. Printing by that point is a little over 100 years old, and I've seen some of the early science books where they have almost little attachments inside. When you get the book, you the attachments aren't there because that would be too hard to print, but then you, you can pull out page from the back and you can create your own little solar system and stick it in the right part of the page. I mean, it's like, it's like pop-up books. It's early pop-up books, you know? Yeah. If you're able to do that, you're going to have to, we'll have to talk about that because I'm, that sounds really, really interesting. So there's fascinating books out there. You don't have to go to UCLA, get a hold of Stephen Shapen. Oh, God, now, now, you know, the, the Scientific Revolution. His last name is S-H-A-P-I-N. The Scientific Revolution. I love him. And then there's another book by Deborah Harkness, The Jewel House. And it's all right in there, right around 1600. Yeah, the end of Queen Elizabeth I, her reign, and Shakespeare has got about 10 more years to live, and... You know, Galileo's busy at it in Italy, and yeah, it's just, ah! <laughs> I love all that stuff. Yeah, keeps me off the streets. Okay. <laughs> well, let me see. Oh, see, I have, I, I yeah, took all my notes. Snoring. But... <laughs> no, she's got notes. She's on air for she's this. She's got notes? <laughs> oh, okay. No. Come on, Aaron, jump, jump back in. I took some notes, but um, All right. Morgan, what, what, Morgan has answered most of my questions. Um, I did. <laughs> I, 
I did have one. This kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. And um, I wanted to ask you, did you get to have fun? Because sometimes the Baroness would get the better of Destro and some of the male oh, characters. God, yes. No, it, it was fun. Oh, yeah. You don't, at the time when you're doing it, you're just reading the script and you're doing a job. Uh-huh. And that, you know, and you know you're going to get paid. Whee! <laughs> Your agent will love you and send you on more things. Whee! But nobody thought. And and this ties in with the, the fact that everything has changed so much. You asked earlier, has voiceover changed? We've got internet. You don't think about how you connected with people, probably you don't, maybe you do, before internet. It's like the difference between when I talk about, oh my God, we've got printed books in the 1500s, and before that, everything was handwritten on a scroll, so everybody couldn't get a copy. Mm -hmm. This is that kind of a transition. Elizabeth Eisenstein, the printing revolution. What changes in your head? Look how much we talk about now when we talk about the mind and we reference words that we use in computer language. Mm -hmm. Well, we didn't have computers in the 80s. So even though some people watch the shows and watch them very fondly, I I do know this Mm -hmm. because I, I meet the people and I'm stunned at how important these shows were to some of these latchkey kids. Really stunned. I've met some fascinating people who come up to me. I'll tell you about that if you want to, but I'm sideboring beyond belief here. No computer. I remember I was doing something, I think it was an industrial film in the early 90s, and I just guy. This probably, I don't know, 20, and I just threw over my shoulder, oh, yeah, I did the Baroness and G.I. Joe. And all of a sudden, there was like this, uh, 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 what? Oh, he had just been fooling around and flirting with the Baroness. He was, ah, <laughs> uh, you know, and this was my first glimmer of the fact that, what? But of course, we don't have internet yet. And then once we get internet, then we get... I know that there were conventions before internet, but it just made everything really, really start to fly. To the point, I wonder if maybe there aren't too many conventions. <laughs> I, I did one one character... I, I'm hypothetically here. I did one character as, as a janitor in one show in 1975. You want me to come to your convention? You know, and it's like, what? No. <laughs> but somebody would no doubt show up and get your autograph. It's strange, I think. Well, and now, of course, there are a whole bunch of new fans who are either watching the show or they know about the show and the Transformers and all of those things. You see them online. You can go to Cartoon Network and see the the new characters doing the same shows. Yeah. And plus there are a lot more women. There weren't a lot of women in the 80s because there was still that, these are the boys' ties and these are the girls' ties. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember as a child saying something about, oh, a truck. And the standard pattern was, no, 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 you're a little girl. You don't need a truck. It wasn't meant viciously. It was just the people's inability to think outside of the bloody box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyhow, wow, I wandered far afield. What was, what was I going to say? I was going, oh, interesting people I've met, if you care. Yes, yes we do Actually, care. that was my question. Have you met a lot of the fans that... Yes. you and Mary McDonald Lewis and B.J. Oh Ward. And- yes. The guys now that saw the show when they were like eight and ten sometimes will come and they say, this is my family. <laughs> and their cool. little child is dressed up as some G.I. Joe character. You know, really wishing that I were a, a My Little Pony or an Adventure Time or something else. But their daddy watched, you know, so okay. So they're dressed up as the Baroness. Or, oh, okay, the guy who watched the show, I'm assuming, 
since he knew who I was, he was in Iran, so they must have been watching it in English. And it really got him interested in coming to the United States, and he's now doing something in rocket science out at Caltech. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I know. See? Interesting people. I met a guy in Springfield who was with the Secret Service. And he said, you would be amazed how many people in the Secret Service watch G.I. Joe and Transformers when they grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was I thinking? Oh, golly. Oh, yeah. I met a gal. Because women now are, because they're new iterations of these shows. So this gal came up to me. She was in the Army. She obviously had had some sort of a traumatic experience, and she didn't even have to tell me what it was. I kind of went, oh, baby, I've heard some of the stories. And she was with her husband, and she came back the second day. Meeting me was a value to her. It was a value to me to meet her. It had nothing to do with G.I. Joe or Transformers or It was just like, wow, two people connecting, you know. So, yes, I do meet some very interesting people. Yeah. And people that are very, very nice. They want to get their pictures taken, you know. Yeah. It's cool. It really is. Yeah. It's kind of like you said, there were not necessarily a lot of female characters back then. So I think, you know the impact that the Baroness had and the impact that the female Joes had is so strong. Yeah. And you can kind of see that because Joe and I are both in a uh, costume club, a G.I. Joe costume club. And so we get to see all of these, these women who grew up with G.I. Joe and other female characters. And it's, it's really made them stronger because they were able yeah. to you know, pull yeah. these lessons mm-hmm. from these characters. Yeah. I mean, now now we've got the whole avatar thing, and of course we've always had our imaginations, but yeah. Something to make you be able to get up and get out there, and yeah. A lot of the members of the club did go into the military because they, mm-hmm. you know, because they watched G.I. Joe. Oh, wow. It's Joy- interesting hearing that. Like, it's the women as well as the men, but it's interesting for me, women who watch G.I. Joe also went into the military because of it. So. Well, they say, people who read books, that it's easier for women to imagine themselves in male roles than it is for men to imagine themselves in female roles because the female is usually so denigrated that nobody wants to be connected. Mm-hmm. The house husband. No, he's just at home. He's not this need to gender things. Makes people feel safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really does. Makes people feel safe. Especially if they've done it all their life. They've been Mrs. Joe, so-and-so. And then all of a sudden you come up and you're like, no, I didn't take my husband's name. Why should I? It's just. They they don't feel comfortable. Well, they probably didn't feel comfortable before for a bunch of other reasons. But now they've got something they can lock onto and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, moi? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Dress up for Dayton? Yes. 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 Uh-huh. yes. Excited? Wait, yet, or is it a surprise? Is it a surprise? Hey, you know, it's only a week from Friday. I mean, (laughs) we're both going to be dressed as the Baroness. Oh, oh, that's a surprise. Oh, that's true. I'm I'm the big deal, aren't I? (laughs) You are. You are the big deal. (laughs) I used to dress up. There were a couple of Halloweens I dressed up. I have high black boots, a really tacky black wig crappy glasses and I wore a uh, oh I had the gun I had the gun and I wore like a leotard and I wore the push-up bra because uh-huh. the only time I really have a super bust line is that a cartoon character so I have a push-up bra <laughs> I can't wait for you to see I not, our I'm not doing that anymore <laughs> no 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 so the busts on our armor are very large yes. so you'll get I have cartoon proportions. Oh my God, I had a fan who 
actually made me. Yes. Hit by prestige. Yes. They made yes. me a piece and presented it to you. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Well that I, wasn't was that wasn't was that Springfield? No, that was oh where was that? Oh my god, that thing was gorgeous. It was Louisiana. No, I've never been to Louisiana, but no. Okay. No? But no. Oh God, I, I I don't know, but I just and it was on this plaque. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I remember that thing. That was just yeah. That was the first time I met you when we presented it to you. Okay. Yeah. Part of the, the company that made it? I was a member of the G.I. Joe Club, yeah. But, okay. yeah, the company made it for you, yes. Yeah, that was, I mean, wow. Yes. Are they still in business? They are. Ooh. Well, say hi. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yes, but we wear their chest armor. Well, we wear all their armor. Oh, I, oh yeah. yeah. Those things are ginormous. Yes, yes. I, I can't imagine having on a full piece. I mean, I realize you wouldn't have the backboard, but it still seemed to be, mm, okay. You can try one on if you want at okay. the show. Do I have to wear my push-up bra? <laughs> no, you don't have to wear a push-up bra on your knee. Okay, okay. You, you oh, can I'm fit all sorts of things in there, though. Oh, good, old socks. Snacks, bottles. Oh, Okay. Yeah, you know, lunch. Put your phone in there. Yeah, you know, sure. Gum. Yeah. All right. Some wine and cheese. You know. <laughs> Stop. Oh my God. Okay. All right. You're on. All right. We're going to be very busy in Dayton. <laughs> very, very busy. We better get a lot of you listeners out there to show up. Yes. Pe um, people. People are excited. Good around here nice. so yeah we're getting a lot of folks talking about it on social media oh, yeah okay, so, okay. Good. but i i don't do i you know there's just only so much time i don't do social media oh no i don't yeah it's no, awful just i don't i just don't i get too many news feeds and fun mm -hmm. fun fun things like early modern books Whee! okay Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to have fun. Yeah. All right. So what other shows do you have coming up after? I have no idea. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm once upon a time, my whole ego is so tied up in this that I couldn't function practically. I was like, well, is this is this what they want? How do I know what they want? And I thought, if I'm gonna come back into this game again, I'm gonna do it just for fun. So, mm -hmm. not anything at the moment. Nothing's really happening and it's okay. It's okay. I've decided if it becomes not okay, then I really don't need to do this anymore to tell me that I'm good. And seriously, that's where I was at. I, and I think as human beings, we like to have other people tell us that they like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're not a waste of space. They're happy to see us. I mean, we do. But so much of my ego is tied up in this stupid business. So mm -hmm. It's okay. Which is why me going back to school was such a good thing for me. Yeah. I found something that I could do without necessarily having to have other people cheering me on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so, good. Not a damn thing. <laughs> well, we're very excited for doing it. Okay. <laughs> we don't get okay. to see you I often. Am, I am too. I am too. I'm going to be slightly boiled. I don't land until uh, like 12.05 or something. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. See Dallas and die, but uh, <laughs> Aaron's gonna pick me up. And then I'm gonna go. <laughs> the only thing that's gonna save me is, of course, that it's twelve o five your time. It's nine o five my time. And then I turn around on Sunday, and then I, on Thursday, fly to Raleigh. So, uh -huh. 
Yeah, so I suppose I do have some things happening. <laughs> Are you going to see Arthur Burkhart? Burkhart. Yeah, yes. yeah, he's he's going to be at Raleigh. Uh, Keani, uh, Keani Young is going to be at Raleigh. Oh, God, they're going to be a whole bunch of people. Ah! Oh, Neil's not going to be there. I think Greg Berger's going to be there. Oh, they're going to be a bunch of us. Yeah, I think they're like eight of us or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of people. Well, it's one of those tremendously huge shows. It's not just cartoon people. Mm. It's all sorts of I did want to ask you. Sure. How is it going back to school as an adult? Well, I just grooved on it. Okay. I never realized that I have... A visual memory. There, there wasn't that much. I mean, we didn't have audiovisual stuff, you know, when I was in school. It was basically reading. And I just absolutely, I took a, uh, a night course in Renaissance, uh, well, that starts like 1350 through 1650. Uh, so you're going from what they call the Proto-Renaissance, the end of the medieval into renaissance and then into baroque Mm -hmm. and when i finally got to europe i looked around and i went oh my god and i'm to the point now where you can show me something and i go that looks like france maybe the late 1400s oh wow i know i know it's like i didn't know i could do that oh hello and I also have the ability to sort of have a hover map. It doesn't mean I don't get lost, but I can sort of visualize a, a city and I have a general direction to go in where I really got screwed. So I went to Amsterdam in April and my son calls it my TomTom, my internal GPS. Well, I would be going in the right direction, but then I'd run into water because the canals were all over the place. I was totally messed up. But anyway, it's, I just like walking and absorbing. And when I go someplace, I'm going not just to the place, but I'm going to the time. I mean, you go to Rome and you go to the Etruscans. You can start out in 1500 BCE and come all the way up to the present day. So when I get home, I'm tired. You know, mm-hmm. that's 3,500 years of history. It's <laughs> like, yeah. And once you have, once I have a little bit of history or a little bit of art, then I start expanding so that I'm reading in the 19th century or I'm or reading in ancient Greece. I've been to Turkey, and I climbed up some of the old Greek towns where the temple to Athena is at the top. Oh, nice. Oh, very, 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 very nice. I've been to Troy. Wow. Yeah, I know. And there are so many books out now that are in Iliad Odyssey mode, which is so important to the Western literature and and the way we think. Yeah, yeah. There's some great, oh, there's a great book by a gal called Madeline Miller called Circe. I think it helps if you actually know the Odyssey. And I took like three classes in the Odyssey, so I know the Odyssey. But it helps if you know who Circe is and you know who Odysseus is and you know all the characters are. And then she turns the story and she writes it from the point of view of Circe. Oh, wow. I know. See, once you start, it's like, wow. I grew up with the Odyssey and the Iliad, and I've never heard of a book that is from the point of Circe. <laughs> okay, well, out there, there's another book by Pat Barker called The Silence of the Girls. That's about the women who were the Trojan wives who, who were became the prostitutes for the Greeks because it's the only way they could stay alive and were carried off by the Greeks. Well, this is the way the world works, see? Mm-hmm. We take over your women, and then you can't impregnate them, so your whole bunch of folks dies out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hello. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, those are just... Oh, and I was just reading something. Oh, my God. Now I can't think what it was. 
Oh, Fui, there's another one out there that just came out that's about some aspect of that whole Greek thing. Uh, if I think of it, I think I still have your email. I will email you. You don't. I don't have that email anymore. But after the show, we will exchange emails. Okay. Yes. Erin has the right one. Not the one for Skyping. Yes. Email me. Yes. Okay. Yes. I will do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I'm running out of steam. Yes. I don't know. I You've answered all my questions before I even asked them. Well, I never shut up. Of course I answered. Right. I, we like it. Um, Sarah, do you have any other questions? No, I'm looking at my list. And uh, the only thing is I want to pick your brain at the con and, and get some of these books. I've kind of scribbled some stuff. I want to get some of these okay. book titles down. But no, I think uh, I think you covered, you covered everything that I had on there. I, I needed some more interesting questions because you, you kind of just got them all yeah. <laughs> you and i are very avid readers sarah yes. so yeah this has been a actually really good because i've been low on books and i've needed oh, well. uh, something interesting <laughs> oh well okay i can remember the title or the great thing about google is you can say like okay it's a novel about me and <laughs> finds it for you yeah yeah okay well, I look forward to seeing you in like nine days. Okay. Oh, it is nine days. Yes. Oh, tick tock. Okay, Sarah, why don't you give us details of the show? The Ohio Toy and Comic Show is coming up. It's on July 20th. The show is from 10 to 5 and is $4 to get in. We do have VIP access at 9 a.m. for $10. It's in Fairborn, Ohio, which is just outside of Dayton. Morgan, of course, is our big guest. We'll also have a lot of toy dealers. We're going to have Boss Fight, Spiro, Marauders. And of course, What's on Joe Mind is going to be there as well. So we hope you all can come out and that we will see you there. It's been uh, fun. Thank you. No problem. It was our pleasure. Well, I guess we're going to sign off now. I just want to give a special thanks and a shout out to Zach Zartan Hoffman. Who got oh. us in touch with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. You and I email once in a while. Yep. Because I don't have access to that email anymore. And I could not get you on Facebook. So I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm lost. I'm lost. I yeah. cannot get in touch with Morgan anymore. Oh, that's right. I changed my email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got rid of Earthlink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well thank you okay. very much for taking the time to sit with us oh, and God. chat for a little bit. Oh, my God, it's almost 7 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will see you both. Yes. <laughs> Th thank you, everybody, and thank you to the, all the listeners. And thank this you. is a close for special edition number 60.
family was gone I stood on the back porch There was nobody home I was stunned and amazed My childhood memories Saw the swirl past Like the wind through the See you soon. Okay, yes you will. Goodbye. Bye.